Welcome to episode 40 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. This episode, we will be talking about sorority house horror. I am one half of your hosting team, Heather Powell, coming to you from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me is the epic and recent album dropping... Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. I am fully vaxxed, waxed, and ready to be called daddy. And if you can please get me wet and feed me after midnight. <laughs> Your intro is so long now. It should be time stamped in the episode. You should just Oh, it totally should. Scotty's intro because it just goes out forever um so okay yesterday I was going for a walk I'm like okay we're recording tomorrow Heather think of all the things you want to talk about that have led up to <laughs> today and then I went out and got really drunk and high last night <laughs> and now <laughs> I went to, for everyone um, who's curious, I went to a 40th birthday party last night and we went to like a mini David Buster's theme. It's called Game Time Social, but it's the same concept. We have video games and axe throwing and bowling and stuff and drinks and drinks and more drinks. And uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that and then came home and had a nightcap of two joints. So it was, it was quite lovely. Um, but this morning is a little bit of a struggle. But that's okay. Hashtag living my best life. And I did a solo beach trip by I've myself to the lake. And the best part, it was called Christy Lake. Can you imagine it was called Crystal Lake? Oh, that would have been beautiful. Okay. <laughs> um, so that was pretty, pretty vibing. Went to a food market, had a camp, cotton candy burrito that I took pictures of. That looked fascinating to me. Yeah. So I can't get the cereal. So usually it comes with like cereal brownies oreos in it but because of my allergy i can't eat that stuff so i just got the ice cream but how they do it is they whirl up this this cotton candy and then they fold the ice cream in it and they make these like mini burritos and well not mini it was fucking big yeah and it was like sugar overload so i've just been trying to soak up the the last dog days of august um leading into September I know summer goes till the end of September and I'm one of these people like as much as I like Halloween and shit I'm not one of these people like ah, I can't wait for fall and hoodies and hot cocoa I'm like no motherfucker I want to sit on the beach and continue to tan and drink um yep. let me enjoy the summer while it's here right I don't I don't feel the need to rush Halloween as much right. as I love Halloween in the month of October I do not feel the need to to rush it at all exactly but, um, but yeah so Anyway, that's it with me. Like those are the things I was like, gotta talk about these things. I'm, even though they're not horror related at all, it's just the most exciting things. Oh, and I survived Wonderland. Um, oh yeah, 
right? <laughs> FYI, everybody, it's harder when you're 38 years old to go on roller coasters. Um, Need a little recovery time. You do. We only made it on five. Um, yeah, we made it on five, which I thought was pretty good for two people over the age of 38. That's pretty good. I right. think. Yeah, right? that's. I think you would have. I think uh, you would have. Uh, I would have not lasted nearly as long. You well, know, you don't like heights, so there's a lot of those you wouldn't have gone on. Um, well, I probably would force myself to go on quite a few of them. Just ones that uh, I think the one that you took a picture of where it was like it went oh, backwards yeah. and upside down and yeah. like stuff. Like that. I'm going okay. I can't do that one. Oh man! So I took someone on that who's never been on it before. <laughs> they were terrified because you for, you don't realize it. But all fairness, when it went backwards, I forgot how intense it is yeah like, you get off of it and i was like roll <laughs> <laughs> right i'm like oh my god what am i doing what am i doing with my life um so yeah i've been trying to enjoy these last couple of days what have you been up to scotty i feel like you've done some fun shit recently oh yeah like uh so you know liz our friend uh friend of the show but uh came to visit and uh she stayed from wednesday evening and just left this morning uh she came in by train from chicago to stay here is like a probably like a five-hour trip so not too bad nice um then what was it wednesday night i had her watch uh benny loves you and we just hung out and ate some pizza Benny loves you benny loves you cuddle me uh and then uh thursday we ended up going out to uh get some coffee and then went to spirit halloween just check out the halloween store because nice that time of year where and spirit halloween takes over some other fucking empty space i love that that happens everywhere like and you know what <laughs> they have their pick now because covid has done a really good job of putting the nail in the coffin for retail so right. Right. Yeah, so they got plenty of spaces to choose from. Um, but yet uh walked around there and then uh ended up going out to dinner with my parents that night. Uh nice restaurant called Black Rock. Unfortunately, the service was kind of blah, but still good food. Then on Friday, I we went out to Frankenmuth and uh I took her to the world famous Bronner's, which is the Chris giant biggest massive Christmas store because why not go see a Christmas store in the middle of summer because that's what we do around here but now we just walked around it just uh because it's a sight to behold and then we wandered Frankenmuth then went and had dinner and got some yummy yum uh yum yum German food see yum yum it's actually a definition <laughs> yum yum <laughs> Uh, and then we, after that, we ended up going and seeing Candyman in the theater. So I'll be talking about that and what Candyman. we watched, which anybody that sees now on our Friday Nightmares podcast page, the theater had a poster of Gremlins. So of course I had to take a picture of it. Why? Because it, I had but why, to. But why was there a poster of Gremlins? Uh, they have posters of different films, like throughout like the history all along their walls. Yeah. They have like Casablanca, Wizard of Oz, Goonies, Gremlins. So they have good films and then they have Gremlins. Oh, you. <laughs> and that was the end of Friday Nightmares. <laughs> and we made it, we made it to the beginning of episode 40. And that was the end. <laughs> that was it. They never recorded again. <laughs> uh, but then on Saturday, ended up uh, going out to the Detroit Zoo and basically nice. cooked ourselves because it was almost 100 degrees. So that was a terrible day to go. But um, 
yeah, we ended up seeing a lot of the animals. Unfortunately, my favorite exhibit, the penguin exhibit was uh, shut down because they were just doing some renovations in there and stuff like that. So I couldn't see that one, but got to see some big old Bengal tigers and their giant paws and nice. little toe beans. And <laughs> Right. And they're just big kitties. Yeah. Like the male cat was the male tiger was just like sprawled out, like leaning up against the glass, just like showing off everything, his junk, everything. He, he, he didn't care. He was like, <laughs> he was you, basically. Yeah, you were exactly. like, I feel you. That is how I also see. All the time. Um, and I also have to just say thank you, Liz, for the amazing early birthday gifts because she ended up getting me a eight by ten signed by Zach Galligan from Gremlins and uh got me this really cool uh gremlins art piece that has like music notes on it uh that I'll be hanging on my wall for my gremlins wall. That's nice because I'm getting you nothing for your birthday. That's fine. <laughs> Well, you're giving me nothing but shit. You're going to give me shit. That's right. That's all I'm giving you for your birthday. You don't deserve anything else. Oh. Like, honestly, episode 40, Scott's turning 40, always. Oh, my God. This is our last episode that we'll be recording. Well, no, we'll be recording before you turn 40. But that would have been perfect if we had timed that better. Yeah, because I think we're recording, like, right before my visit. But we're recording our top five. Or, yes. no, are we actually recording? Oh, yeah, too bad. Yeah, I think, I think, I think oh, we'll be recording that week. Never mind, then. I'll just shut the fuck up. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're, you're still recovering from I'm last still, night, so like, it's okay. fantasizing about all the weed I smoked. Man, that was nice last night. <laughs> like, it really was. Like, it just totally mellowed me out. It was magical. Hey, look at you talking about going to the zoo and doing productive things, and I act like I'm 14 on a fucking Saturday night. Hey, but, I'll be doing that one week when I come to visit, so it'll be, it'll be well, all good. Oh, you better believe you will be. You better believe you will be. <laughs> None of the sober times. Fuck that shit. Yeah, Scott was funny. I was teasing him because him and Liz didn't drink a lot. This, oh, you didn't drink a lot this weekend, right? No, we did end up having uh, margaritas because I did uh, did go to a Mexican restaurant. Nice. Oh, you took her to the Mexican restaurant. Yep. Nice. So it does exist. It does. <laughs> it's not some place you've made up that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> no. Um, you're like, no, I took her. It's real. But uh, where was I going with this drink thing? But Scott's like, yeah, Heather, it's because you don't need to drink to have fun. And I'm like, that is where you're sorely mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> with me, you need to drink to have fun. So we're... It's not, it's just not a good time. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys had a, a great little, um, I guess you could say summer cap to August um, yeah. as we head into September. Um, and Scott and I, moving forward, we'll just talk about Halloween excessively. Um, actually, our favorite <laughs> Halloween movies, you know, the one where Jason goes to the summer camp? That's the best Halloween. Oh, yeah. And then he goes and visits Haddonfield afterwards <laughs> and chases after his sister. It's the best. I love the best. I love, I love Jason and Halloween films. It's so good. <laughs> you know what's funny? We're not far off. Lake Eden. Other yeah. titles we fuck up all the time. <laughs> well, I was saying, you know, and uh, I, I didn't tell you this because no, you're not watching the trailer, Heather, but uh, you know, when Halloween kills, like Jason finally gets revenge on his sister. Oh, finally? Nice. Yeah. Is there too many pumpkins? I'm just wondering how many pumpkins are in Halloween kills. Uh, it's not set in Halloween. It's set at a summer camp. It's oh, really weird. Nice, nice. They send it at Christmas time, actually. Yeah. It's at, a, it's at a summer camp in Christmas time at Christmas Village. That's when it's being held. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I feel like, you know what, though? I feel like this isn't far off. That some horror fucking director is going to be like, you know what we should do? <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, it's a fucking matter of time. That's what's going to happen. Well, I'm glad you had a good couple of days, a good couple, like a good couple of weeks in August. I feel like you really yeah. did your best life this summer, Scotty. I definitely did. And I can say I am freaking beat now. 
definitely need a couple weeks of recuperation before well, you uh, will because you'll be yeah. coming out here <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you know, I suggest you take liver supplements or anything to make your liver <laughs> as strong as possible, Scott. Maybe get, uh, maybe have a backup liver uh, ready just in case. Like you talk, you think I talk smack to you before when you're not even here? Can you imagine? Oh, if I'm rubbed up in front of my friends at a bar. Oh, it's gonna be ridiculous. Worse, Scott. Worse than you've ever experienced. I'll oh, speak I a little razzle dazzle of Heather's friends, a little razzle dazzle of drag show, a little razzle dazzle of shots, and we're just going to be having a time. So uh, it's going to be ridiculous and amazing all at the same time. I saw Kate and Matt from the Eternal, what is it? The Eternal? Uh, Eternal Darkness of the Not So Spotless Mind. Spotless Mind went live yesterday. Yes. I missed it. So I watched it later. And I'm like, oh, look how sober they are. <laughs> 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 Scott and I. <laughs> I get horror movies they saw and they're like giving recommendations. I'm like, Scott and I won't be doing that. We'll be like, yeah, we went through screamers and Heather peed her pants and we had to leave. And we're drunk. Woo! <laughs> That's exactly what it's going to be. And us like making stupid jokes about horror movies. And not like, oh, I watched this film. If you like Giallo's, you would really like this. I'd be like, Giallo's are boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like horror films. <laughs> Like horror movies why are we here um but no they they had a great live video so if you haven't had a chance to watch it please go back and do they do actually critique what they're watching um at the film festival that they attended which i think is awesome that's Maybe great one day scott and i will be causing that to do something like that classy us no no you know why they probably don't know each other as well because we know each other so well it'd be impossible like the better you know somebody the less serious you can be yeah you know what i mean like the less you i'm surprised we can get through this show <laughs> i mean we barely do it right like the more you get to know like we started off being so like professional and polite to each other oh, and God. like ah scott shut the fuck up <laughs> you'll be like heather i can't stand you in your opinions like it's just uh, it's, it's such funny. it's such a freaking uh, completely different show compared to our very first and second episode. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> right? like, it's just, you, you get to the point as you get to know someone better that you're just like you don't give a fuck. Like, you just are like you just enjoy being complete goofballs. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, like what you what you prefer to do. So anyway, and it doesn't watch that video because uh, it's quality. Scott's and I live videos will not be like that. No, y'all will probably just be going, wow, these people are just fucking crazy. Be like, damn right we are. <laughs> we'll be in Niagara Falls and I'll be yelling things like, he's an American. <laughs> <laughs> he's never seen the falls before. And everyone will be like, oh yeah, actually Niagara Falls. I'll be like, all right, well, there was like 18 American here, 18 Americans here just two seconds ago. Cause they crossed, right? Yeah. Coming right over. And you can see, we can see from a distance where Dave C is. We'll wave to him. We'll wave to Junior as well. Hopefully, Junior I'll say, yeah, I'll that. say. Hopefully, he rep, uh, pulls out Junior for us. Well, we'll be able to see it exactly. So if That's he does, saying. you know, it'll be like a flagpole, just proud up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess we should get into our 2021s because we're trying to keep our episodes under two hours moving forward. Um, because Scotty doesn't want to edit that long, and well, there's Laziness. only so much Scott and I can. <laughs> And, we don't know anything about horror movies so. yeah we just we're good at pretending we just pretend that we know what we're talking about so i'm gonna start off with the first one here have you seen this one scotty i have not of course you haven't okay. um 
this movie is called The Swarm. Uh, there's a French title. I'm not even going to pretend that I know how to say it because I don't want to butcher it. Butcher it is a 2020 release, but it was released in 2021 in North America. So it was a film festival film. It kind of got around the circuit before it got dropped on Netflix. It's a 101 minute runtime. Um, I honestly thought this film was going to be a lot more cheesy than it actually was because it's an insect horror film so oh okay this is the one that i okay yeah so it's it is subtitled or you can watch it dubbed because it is french and it's basically about a mother who is raising crickets and or locusts i should say locusts which i just assume are crickets but i could be wrong they could be different things so there she's raising locusts and she's having struggles with reproducing them until she finds out a method to get them to reproduce quicker and be stronger and better but it comes at a devastating cost uh, devastating costs so as i said the movie's 101 minutes in length i think for a creature feature slash eco feature it's quite good the oh. acting's decent it's a good netflix watch i think you will be missed on netflix if you don't watch this one this year it's a it's a decent film 101 minute is a little you know what does they call it long in the tooth um uh, probably doesn't need to be that long but right. i don't think it takes away from the movie too much so if you got netflix i would definitely definitely recommend checking it out nice yeah this is one i i completely forgot about it so i will have to go and check this out because i didn't know i haven't heard many people talk about it i just got to uh our uh boyfriends tim and daniel from uh horror oh, nice. for dummies just talking about it like i just got to that on their show well if they did tim like it uh it sounds like they enjoyed it well tim liked it because he likes nothing so that must be impressive <laughs> um honestly i really dig it and, and honestly netflix is where you go for international films international horror films on netflix they tend to have really good stuff north oh, american yeah. shit on on netflix not so much always hit or miss um but international especially french you know you it's hard to find a shitty french film personally i think a lot of them are usually pretty good right except for jessica forever um but other thing else is fine so the next one have you seen this one scott yep i uh, i watched this uh and then i think you watched it after me because uh so why don't you introduce it then okay so this next one was a Shutter exclusive called Teddy. And speaking of French, it is another French film. Yeah. Um, Teddy is a 20-something that lives with a, in a foster home and works as a temp in a massage parlor. And him and his girlfriend will soon be graduating. And all of a sudden, he gets scratched by a beast in the woods and then has to kind of deal with the repercussions of what happens with that. Um, this is a horror comedy, almost like a horror drama comedy, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. That's um, a description. But it seems like uh, it almost kind of like I almost want to compare it to like the way it's acted out almost to how we talked about Super Hot, where it just has like the just like very quirky characters. And uh, like it's very I find I found it very endearing is the, like one of the best ways I can describe it because it's mm -hmm. not really that horror or that much horror in it like till like towards the end. Um, but like I still found it endearing and you feel for uh, Teddy, like everything he's going through and all that. Like, uh, especially with his uh, relationship with his girlfriend yeah. and everything. Like, but all in all, I found this to be a very uh, unique and fascinating watch. And this was recommended to, I think, both of us by Mr. Brandon Orlick. Yeah, who also I agree. really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think you said everything perfectly there, Scott. It's an 88 minute runtime. It doesn't feel like it overstays its welcome. I really like the communication between Ed, Teddy and his girlfriend. I actually really like their relationship. I find yes. it very realistic. Uh, I just like how this is filmed. It does give that filming of like the super hot style. 
it's kind of almost like that realistic filming. The characters in here aren't overly attractive in the sense that they don't look like that Hollywood over the top. Right. Supermodel like sorority row, which we're going to talk about later. Like they don't look like this over the top, beautiful people coming together. They look like average people who you would actually see out at doing stuff, which I do appreciate. Um, yeah, it was funny. I really liked it. Very good, dry sense of humor. Um, I recommend it. As a Shutter watch, yeah. I think you'll be, as a so Dave C, we do recommend films that we say that you should watch. And this is one of them. So, and I'll give you a <laughs> list of ones I think you should watch as well. It will be a Dave C specific list. Um, I'll send it to you via messenger. Maybe Scott can contribute to it as well too. Yeah, I'd be happy um, to. because there are some must see films this year, and I really like Teddy. Now, when I always say must see, I do have to be careful with that because everyone's taste is different. Yeah, and I think that what is a must see to me and what is a must see to even Scott is going to be different in yeah. how we approach stuff right so and and movie watching is subjective so when people go off too much about their opinions on how shitty a year was or how good it is i take it with a grain of salt because at the end of the day it's subjective oh absolutely um, right that's what art is it's subjective but i did enjoy this one and i think for a free watch on shutter you can't go wrong yep because the way i look at it is uh i i find people that recommend me movies and i go by their tastes because i know them so well so i know like okay, this one I'll watch, but it may not be for me, but I'll still give it a watch because I am curious. When Brandon, because I knew Brandon recommended this one, and Brandon and you and I all have very similar tastes in many ways, but you and him are much closer in your tastes. I oh, we're kind close. Of, yeah. <laughs> I, and, uh, I veer off a little bit compared to you guys. So this one, I wasn't sure how I would have taken it, but yeah, I'm glad I watched it because I did like this one a lot. I'm glad you dug it. I'm glad you dug it. Um, the next one, I don't think you've seen yet. Nope, not yet. So The Girl Who Got Away. It's a 2021 film. It's seven, 117 minutes long. It has no business being 117 minutes long. I don't know why they made this film 117 minutes long. Um, basically, it's about a young woman who escapes a kidnapper. And that kidnapper breaks out 20 years later and comes after her. I'm going to give the short synopsis. Um, a lot of things in this film to me didn't make sense. I think I was messaging both you and Brandon during it. And I was like, what the fuck is this film doing? Oh yeah. This doesn't make any sense. And then at the end I was like, okay, there's some twists to it that come around and you're like, all right, this now makes a little more sense, but it's long. It's a really, really long film. The acting is fine. Um, it's not great. It's not bad. Um, it's kind of just there. So would I recommend it? If you really like twist and turn plot lines, this may be something of enjoyment for you. Um, there's a lot of character development in this. Like it tries to be like an artistic slow burn, but it just doesn't make the cut. Like a okay. psychological artistic slow burn, but it just isn't good enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, for someone who's maybe into murder mysteries or thrillers, not full horror, I think this is a great one to watch. You know, I think that someone might enjoy that kind of thing of it. It's available on YouTube, Google, Voodoo, and Microsoft Store for rent. I would say if you do like crime thrillers and, and those kind of things, a $3.99, $2.99, $4.99 rental would be appropriate. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you haven't seen the next one, have you? Oh, the next one's mine. Oh, you've seen Ghost Manch? Oh, no, sorry. I jumped ahead. Yeah. My bad. This is the one Go you ahead. haven't seen yet. Yes, I haven't <laughs> seen this one. So uh, I brought it up earlier, but I went and seen uh, Candyman 2021. 
Um, well, for right off the bat, I want to say, Heather, I know you're planning on going to see this in theaters. Yeah. You may want to give it a few minutes before actually going in because they do give a Halloween Kills trailer. And I know you're trying to avoid that for our I'll just close comparison. my eyes. Yeah. So just wanted to give you a heads up on that. And then but, I'll say his name. Say his name five times. Dave C. Dave C. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I have to say right off the bat that this people were getting to con- were uh, confused on whether this was a pseudo remake, a remake, a sequel. It is a straight sequel, not a remake. That's what I heard. It was a sequel. Yep. Ends up being a straight, solid sequel. I I think they basically ignore part two and three because the what the events of what happens in those movies don't get brought up. But mm-hmm. yeah, go into this just as a sequel. It's not a remake. And if you've if some people have seen the trailer, there may be some confusions on some things I'm not going to even say because I don't want to spoil anything. But they all get cleared up and going, okay, that is a very interesting take and makes a lot of sense now. Uh, I highly recommend this movie. I thought this was a very good, very, very good horror film and is in my top 10 at this point. Awesome. I'm really happy to hear that, Scott. Yeah, like it's very unique. The only issue I may have with it is I found the main character to be a bit just kind of blah like there really Mm. wasn't much to him like he had some uh shining moments in the film but like overall his performance there was just it didn't feel like i could was really invested with him as a character much okay but like that is like my only minor complaint because like the film itself was just really well done and incredible and a very cool way to do a sequel Okay. Especially for a film that, you know, it's 30 years old. Nice. Nice. I'm glad that you gave it such high praise. I look forward to checking it out. Yeah, I think you'll probably like it even more than I do. Ooh, say my name, say my name. (laughs) Yeah, I like the remake. I love the remakes of songs that have come out. Like, I got five on it. I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I thought this was great. Anyway, um, the movie, the other movie that I watched was Ghost Mansion. Um. This movie is basically an anthology, kind of similar to, um, what's the one that you really like? Trick or Treat. Oh, nice. Where the stories kind of, you know, blend into each other. Oh, okay. Right? And it's all based upon this apartment complex and the stuff that's happened there. And the caretaker is telling the stories to a photographer. So it's a 106 minute runtime. It is a Korean film. So it is subtitled. I don't think it's dropped anywhere yet. We, I watched the screener. I imagine Netflix will probably pick this up. Um, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I think uh, individuals who are Korean, like Korean directors and just the writers can tell good ghost stories. They're creepy without being tons of jump scary. I feel like North American ghost stories rely a lot on jump scares and a lot on, yeah, jump scares and over-the-top makeup, where I feel as though Korean ghost stories rely on legend, natural creepiness, and folklore a lot more. So I really, really enjoyed this. Um, I think it's a great ghost story. I think it's a really solid anthology. For me, it's up for anthology of the year. Now, mind you, there's not a lot of competition in that. Um, area unlike last year where we had tons of good anthologies uh we haven't had a lot of good anthologies this year but out of all the anthologies i have watched this one is definitely the best so whenever it drops on youtube google play uh or netflix which i assume it will uh i would recommend watching it so 
check it out. Nice. This is one I definitely want to see at some point. Um, Because, yeah, when I seen you talking about it, it got me hyped. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, Scott. I think you'll like it, too. It's a good flow for the ghost stories. Nice. Yeah, I, I will try to watch it sometime this week then. Awesome, um, awesome. Yeah, and I was saying the next one you and I both watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Uh, and it's Dwight and his sister Jesse reach a crossroads over what to do about their little brother Tom- Thomas, a sickly child with a mysterious affliction. Um, I'm going to do my best to keep the affliction like a secret. I told you what it was like when I after I watched yeah. it, but that's just because I wanted to get you to check it out. Yeah, of um, course. But I thought this was such a well done film. Like it's a very unique take on something that we see in horror a million times over. And I thought they did an amazing job with this story. The it starts off a bit slow. And, yeah. Uh, you just got to stay with it because it's very dialogue and relationship heavy with mm-hmm. relationship being the relationship connection between the family. Yeah. Um, and just like what they do for their little brother and this and that. Like it's I just thought the performances throughout this were incredible. I thought the story was unique and I found this to be like something that could be uh able to be rewatched and probably garner more from it again. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, I, yeah be warned I, it is a slow burn. I started watching this film and I said to Scott, What the fuck did you make me watch? Um, and then it got into it and I had to apologize, um, which I will also be apologizing later for a film I selected for our main topic, but anyway, um, but this film shot up to my number 11 out of 142 watches. Uh, to me, this is a much watch must watch film this year. If you liked after midnight, um, this one is like that only I would argue more subtle horror throughout it. Um, Extremely well acted, very good dialogue, very accurate to what would occur. Uh, Excellent, excellent. And this is how you do low budget well. Again, this is the year of indie films. And if you are not watching indie films, you are missing out. Stop watching major blockbusters and getting pissed off that you don't like them. Turn on an indie film because there are so many that have come out, including this one, that are just incredible. 89 minute runtime does not overstay its welcome. This is available to rent on Google, 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 on Google, on Google, Voodoo, YouTube, Spectrum on Demand, Microsoft Store, whatever you pay for this rental. If you enjoy psychological slow burn relationship movies, if you liked The Battery, if you liked yes. After Midnight, if you liked, hmm, I'm going to say, even if you like something like St. Maud, which doesn't have a lot of actual horror in it either. Yeah. Right? It's It's more atmospheric then you will enjoy this film um it's definitely worth whatever you pay i 100 percent agree because yeah this is uh at the moment sitting in my top 10 as well uh, and I, I think this will definitely come up for us both at the end of the year yeah this will be acknowledged in an award the list um i don't know how it can't be it was extremely talented and excellent example of indie horror um yeah so older watches i guess we can break into that um i watched the tenant from 1976 and i didn't think i was gonna like it and it ended up being one of my favorite movies from the 70s now um awesome yeah it's about a two-hour runtime uh roman polanski polanski i think i said it right Yep. yep uh is excellent in this film 
I, I, I know that there's lots of issues with him and I'm not at all pretending that doesn't exist. I'm just acknowledging this film, much like I like Jeepers Creepers, you know, along there's a lot of issues with Jeepers Creepers. I understand that, of course, but I enjoyed the film when it came out. Um, I enjoyed The Tenant quite a bit. I thought it was a great slow burn. I thought it was a great psychological horror. His slow decline is excellent. Um, it's part of the apartment series, uh, Repulsion, Rosemary's Baby, and then this one is the final one. And I think I thought it was a nice little um, cherry on top to that to that trilogy, even though it's a loose base trilogy. I really, really enjoyed it. Have you seen it, Scott? Nope, this is one that I have not seen, but I had been curious about. You know, for our top 70s show that we're doing, by the way, everyone, we're going to be doing a top 70s horror show with another very special guest that will be dropped on Patreon this September. You may want to watch this. Okay, sweet. I will do that then. Right, if you get the time. Um, it is yeah. a long one, but I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, the next one I want to just give a shout out to is Demon Knight 2005 <laughs> with Billy Zane uh tales from the crypt presents demon knight love this film so upset that i missed it when it first came out so glad i watched it now um this will be a go-to cheer me up movie for sure i just can't get over how funny it was there was actually a canadian actor in there that i really really liked that i've seen in a lot of other canadian stuff and he was the cop so it was kind of cool to see him um in a bigger role and it's funny because when this movie came out he left another television series and I was, oh, not, no, it's in 2005. It was 1995, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 1995. 1995. Sorry. Demon Knight, 1995, not 2005. See, we don't know what we're talking about here on Friday. <laughs> Demon Knight, 1995, which is how I was watching another series called Forever Night at the time, um, which was a vampire cop that lived in Toronto. And he was the police chief, this other actor that was in it. And he left the series suddenly. They killed him off. And I was like, this is so weird. What happened to him? Well, what happened to him? He was filming, the, filming this fucking movie. That's why That's he left the series, right? So I thought that was kind of cool. So yes, I really enjoyed this. I hear the Bordello of Blood is not as good. Um, no. And there's another one that came after that. Yeah, like Rituals, I think it was, or something like that. So yeah, I really enjoyed Demon Knight 1995. It was very, <laughs> very good. And then you have another one on here. Yes, Um because we originally had this plan to uh, be in our episode uh, for this topic, but when we were talking about it, we thought we felt that it may not have uh, fit the topic that well. Uh, and that is Hell Knight from 1981. I swore I had seen this movie before, but I only remember the beginning when I watched this, because this is one that Liz and I ended up watching together because she had never seen it. And uh, yeah, I ended up watching it. And yeah, I didn't remember like half of what happened. I knew the synopsis just from, I guess, listening to podcasts, but I thought this was a really well done like horror film. I would kind of sort of put it in the slasher genre, it's, uh, slasher supernatural style genre, um, but stars Linda Blair. Uh, but yeah, I found this to be a very entertaining watch and i think it could have fit our topic like now that i watched it but at the same time like we we picked some other ones that are worthy of discussing as well so well, it's all right yeah yeah whether good or bad they're worthy of discussing uh, they're worthy of <laughs> discussing yes for sure i'm glad you like hell night it's one of my favorite slashers quote unquote from the 1980s um i just dig her outfit throughout it too yeah 
And yeah, I thought the outfit was really cool, and I like that it like it felt like Halloween, but it actually wasn't the Halloween film. She's awesome. So yeah, we actually had some older watches to talk about. Yeah, finally, classes. I had one. What do yeah. you know? <laughs> what do you know, right? Finally. Um, and we only had about six 2021s, but we have slowed down a little bit on uh, the 2021 watches. We've been a little more selective. Um, but I noticed that majority of our films on here are international films. Yeah, like, that is true. Right? And then... Oh, no, it's a 50-50. But I found that really out of the domestics, there was only really two that we liked, which was Candyman for You and My Heart Can't Be Unless You Tell It To. And we, generally speaking, all three international films I would recommend. Um, There's not one of those there that I would say don't watch. So I think it's interesting. I think international as well. um, If you're not watching international films, I really encourage you to because there's a lot of really great films out there, especially the French, uh, Spanish, and uh, Korean. Yeah, which I would love to be my favorite. I would love to do some episodes on like the international films like that at some point. Well, we did do the um, Japanese horror. Yes. Back at the beginning of January. Um, and we can always get back to that and we can maybe do some top five lists too. Right. Exactly. Um, Cause I think we were uh, like a while ago talking about with having Venom on for Spanish horror. Yes. Yes. Which would be excellent to do as well, because there's some really great uh, Spanish horror films that are out there yeah. and that includes any Spanish speaking country. Right. So whether that yeah. be Brazil or, um, South America, whatever, right? Uh, Mexico, Spain. There's a lot of places where Spanish is spoken. Uh, so it would be cool to see. And I just find like their their stories are just, they hit you harder. Yeah. Like they just, they're just darker and they just really kind of explore the human psyche a little bit more, which I really do enjoy. Um, so what we're listening to, uh, I'm continuing with my podcast love. <laughs> uh, this one's a short little one. It's called Today in True Time. So they take every day and they release a short little 13 minute episode on what happened somewhere in the world in terms of a true crime event. So, you know, a serial killer being caught or a woman of a woman being hung for witchcraftry, something that was famous that would have happened, whether it be in North America or whether it be in other parts of the world on different continents. They just take their time to give a short synopsis of what happened on that day, what the outcome was, and what the legacy has been. So if you're looking for some bite-sized history stuff um, to kind of just sum up stuff that's happened in true crime on that day, which is, you know, technically real-life horror, then I recommend this podcast. Nice. I'll say this sounds pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, you can just find it yet again, searching. If you go on Spotify, because they're just Spotify exclusive now, uh, just go to Today in True Crimes, and it will come up and subscribe and follow. And for short little, because sometimes people just want that, like, 13-minute, 14-minute, you know, short little horror, or not horror, but short little podcast bursts. It's perfect for that. Nice. You're on your lunch break or something, or you're just killing some time and you just want to listen to something. It's good. Sweet. Yeah. Cause I was like, cause I, the plot's good. Everything's good. Cause I pretty much have saved every one or uh, added them, like favorited them or whatever you call it on Spotify. Cause, uh, oh, nice. Cause uh, everyone that you bring up, I, you know, obviously I get the uh, link to it for our show notes. So when I do that, I just heart it. So one of these days I can get around to listening to it. You know what you should do? How, does your phone connect to your stereo in your car? Uh, I have an, ad- an adapter that I plugged it into. Yeah. So when you make a road trip to come up here, you should download some podcasts. That, that's kind of what I was thinking, actually. Yeah. Right. And then it will give you something to entertain yourself as you're driving up. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I probably will knock out quite a few, I would assume. Right. For sure. And what have you been listening to, Scotty? All right. So as we talked about on the last episode, I am continuing the uh, Stephen King book club with Liz. And uh, 
We had just uh, both finished off Salem's Lot from 1975. She read the book. I did the audio book, which the audio book can't read. Exactly. Scott, Scotty just, (laughs) Scotty just doesn't have time with all the movies. He's got to watch for shows and editing and all that. Truth. So audio books is just easier for me. So, uh, I, this one was like a 17 hour long audiobook. So nice. pretty decent length uh, with a good narrator. Um, uh, we did end up watching while she was here. We did end up watching the uh, made for TV movie of this from, I think, 1977, 1978 by Toby Hooper. Because um, I, I ended up watching that for my first time last year. I thought it was a really good vampire movie. Nice. But reading the book and then watching it comparatively. Um, yeah, I would say, cause I know you wanted me to start talking about how like I'm kind of yeah, comparing yeah. book and movie if I can. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say for one, the book is amazing. Like okay. I highly recommend anybody read the book, pick up the audio book, whatever. The movie is also amazing. And I would say Toby Hooper did a pretty damn good job of sticking to the book, uh, for like the events that happen. Obviously some of the effects are a bit hokey and cheesy because made for TV in the seventies, but at the same time, still very effective, still some very creepy scenes. The slight differences I seen between the book and the movie is they combined a couple characters from the book into one character just because there were too many characters to keep track of. Mm. And so it probably just made it easier for people watching it on TV to just have like a smaller amount of cast to focus on mm. um ch- for some reason changed the name of a couple characters i don't know the reasoning behind that mm. but a uh, couple scenes were, were a couple events that happened in the book and in the movie were in a different order not sure about that either maybe just pacing issues just wanted to kind of like yeah keep it uh keep people focused yeah but all in all i found the story to be really well done toby did a great job with it um hold on and I found him to do a pretty good job, though I uh, try to remember. They did cut out one uh, group of characters. They like briefly mention them, mention what happens to them. But uh, in the book, I can see why they did not do this, because in the book, uh, there are a, uh, the this like straight out of like 17 year old mother and uh, her boyfriend, who's just never home or husband, I guess, is never home. But she ends up being frustrated because her baby's like a newborn, basically. And she ends up abusing the baby when she gets oh. frustrated. And it's yeah. like just... I wouldn't want to hear about that. Yeah. yeah. So like seeing it in the movie would be almost impossible. But okay. uh, they do bring up the bring it up at some point that like the baby's in the morgue because the baby gets turned into a vampire. And it's a newborn baby. And it's... Yeah. So like I don't think we'll ever see that if the, there is a readaptation of the story. At oh, some I other hope time. we don't. Yeah. I don't like, want to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, Stephen King definitely has some very dark moments in some of his novels that just can never be covered. Well, and here's the thing. It's okay with exploring that topic because it happens. I'm not naive enough to not know that. It's it's just a matter of like how we talked about for anthologies or uncomfortable films, sorry, that my one's that short uncomfortable film where something happens to babies. Right. Um, it's just a line that I, you know, and I know the Serbian film, newborn porn, but you don't fucking see anything. Everybody. Right. Like Serbian film isn't as shocking as you think it's going to be um, because you know so much about it going in and right. you don't see any infant abuse on screen. It's just yeah. implied. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that because I would not be able to handle that scene. Personally. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it's messed up, but yeah, like you can get away with more in books than you could like TV or movies for sure. Absolutely. Right. 
Um, well, I'm glad that you did the comparison. Thank you for bringing that to the table, Scotty. You're welcome. And uh, I believe the next book on the list is The Shining. Oh, fun. Yeah, so we'll be doing that one. And then I'll be, of course, watching the movie with that as well. Um, I'm trying to stick with the original movies or whatever movie I feel is the better comparison. Like if I have the time, I might try to do the TV miniseries that came out in the 90s with Steven Weber, but that was not a good movie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if it's not good, don't waste your time. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious because I think it's The Shining and then I believe The Stand after that. Cool. Nice. That's exciting. Well, thanks for bringing all that to the table. We got some good stuff you can listen to. We're kind of uh, branching out a little bit. I'm talking about true, true crime stuff as of late and Scotty's talking about audiobooks. But you know what is something different that you can listen to? And of course, all the podcasts that we've showed out over the past 40 episodes, right. uh, we encourage for you to still listen to as well. So absolutely. We're going to take a brief break and listen to one of our Legion podcast friends. So after these messages, we'll be right back. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts for just two bucks a month. You get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now back to the cutting room. Welcome back. As we talked about in our opening um, of the podcast, we talked about how today we are going to talk about sororities. Uh, part of that is because this will be released just at the beginning of September, which is back to school. And Scott and I try to do themes <laughs> sometimes when we're yeah. able to pull them off. Like, loosely, yes. Loosely. Um, we just thought this would be a fun one to do. So when, strangely enough, there's not a lot of horror fraternity stories usually the fraternity is included with the sorority right but it tends to focus on the sorority probably because it has to do with focusing on women as victims in these horror films as opposed to dudes but it'd be interesting to see if they ever do a remake of a frat and there's a slasher killing the dudes uh that would be fascinating to see so i'm not sure if you're familiar with sororities or fraternities if you i know you haven't been a part of one but do you know of anyone no. who has been um no all i know is a few friends that used to go to uh fraternity parties yeah they're pretty wild um there's a whole concept that comes with fraternities and sororities it tends to be bigger in american schools like harvard and other universities there could be people listening um, to this podcast right now that we're part of a sorority or fraternity there are some up here in Canada it's just not as common and it's just not as big but the big schools do still have them um, and there's lots of debate on how healthy they are 
Right. Um, and typically the people that do get in them tend to be of means nine yep. times out of 10, of course. Right. Yeah. So what is the history of Greek life? So we pulled this from the um, application state university articles, division of student affairs, uh, the fraternity and sorority life articles. So the history of Greek life. So this is just basically an account of Greek life traces beginning the organizations that have come to be today known as Greek fraternities and sororities. The history was compiled from Baird's 20 edition Manual of American Colleges Fraternities and this information concerning the origins and use of the word fraternity and sorority may be, may be, may be useful in fully understanding the history of Greek life. So this just gives a little bit of a short form on how you know, we started to get sororities and fraternities to this day. So in the mid to late 19th century, students began forming their own groups to debate and discuss current events and literature. This was largely a reaction towards a strict curriculum set forth by colleges. Students wanted to learn about a greater variety of topics and were offered in the classroom and explore other academic venues in more time than allotted with their professors during, during the class time and be able to freely express themselves. Hence, they began the first organized modern-day debating and literacy societies. Some universities fostered these organizations by encouraging students to think for themselves. So, of course, what happened, these groups started to form deeper relationships and depend on each other for more than just intellectual stimulating conversation, which is interesting how we look at sororities now. I would never get the impression from any sorority film that it's about deep intellectual conversation. No, not at all. Anyway, so... Through the end of the 19th century, um, intellectualist was still the center of the fraternity life, but members also made plenty of time to organize parties, sporting events, and dances, and so on. So then leads to the development of the chapter house. So I won't read the full development. I'll just do the first little part of it so we can understand what chapter houses were. So Chapter houses were made up of members of groups sometimes living together in college dorms or boarding houses, but the actual chapter house did not become common until the 1890s. Most fraternities before this time were rather small in numbers, with no more than 30 members if that. Therefore, they were able to hold meetings on campus in a hall or dorm rooms, but their small numbers made it financially impossible to obtain a house for organized members to live in, since they essentially did not have enough members to pay the cost of renting, much less owning the house. Hmm. So this makes sense to why they eventually like expanded, right? And had more membership so they could build into bigger things. Um, eventually they connected with their alumni as well, who would build, um, boards and became incorporated and handle mortgage payments, legal matters, large repairs and improvements and active members at the chapter had to handle day-to-day -day business, which no longer only included intellectual daydreaming, free expression or academic exploration. It meant cleaning, maintenance, paying for the property, in some cases, building the house. Since many of the members were now formally living together, recreational activities came to the forefront since they were spending so much time together. Economic concerns became a priority simply because it takes money to own and maintain a property. But the chapter house gave its members the opportunity to learn more practical skills and offer them the chance to take on more responsibility and gain leadership. I swear to God, this is not what sororities no. already seem to be like today. So the concept of rushing, which we see a lot in these horror films. So the term rush, originating mem original members were given formal invitations and initiated one by one, often on a separate occasion. But with many organizations now having their own houses that needed to be kept full, they often fiercely completed, competed for the interest of incoming freshmen, obviously to pay bills. They probably needed yeah. to have more people to make more money. 
Rush comes from this period where the fraternities literally rushed to get to the freshmen before another organization got to them first. Today, Rush has been replaced by recruitment, signifying the active role a chapter takes to find the best members for their organization. So a lot of fraternities have traditions and constitution secrets, which we see a lot in these horror movies. Uh, many fraternities were founded, initiated rites and ceremonies were often borrowed or modified from any combination of the following items in history, philosophy, literature from the philosophy and literature from the ancient Greeks or Romans, Jewish or Christian uh, scripture, um, military codes of honor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So basically they went and they stole from a whole bunch of other organizations and then created their own bylaws and rituals. These items no longer held importance in the curriculum that the previous had. So as time went on, teaching of the classics became less and less common. As a result, the meaning of many of these rituals the fraternity was organized on began to fade and became unknown to many of its members, which I would argue what it is now. Right. Due to this lack of knowledge, some fraternities began to depend on theatrical aspects of ceremony as opposed to the deeper, more profound meanings that had been lost. Some say this was the period in which hazing took its roots. 110% is what yep. we see now, right? Also, there are traditionals, traditions such as about fraternity items. So most organizations have some type of badge, crest, or symbol that only initiated members may wear. An exception to this rule is an old tradition where they can give like the letter or the symbol to their sweetheart. So this is obviously very heterosexual based. Um, and we've seen this in screen too, where Cindy gets the letters and we yep. see in the row where there's chick takes off the necklace and throws it back. Actually, that happens in both movies. Um, sorority row and the row where two girls pull off the necklace that their boyfriends from fraternities have given them and throws it back in their face. Um, That's right. Ridiculous over the topness. But <laughs> so let's look at the, the last part here is fraternity versus sorority. So the word fraternity comes from a Latin word fatter, which means brother. The word fraternity is often used to describe not only organization comprised of men, but also women. Originally, both groups were called fraternities because this was the only word that existed during the 1800s to describe the type of organization they were. This may be due to the fact that most of these organizations were originally started by men. No kidding. Hmm, In 1882, surprise. the Gamma Beta Pi women of Syracuse University began to call themselves a sorority. This was by the suggestion of the advisor, who was a professor of Latin, and thought the word better suited them. The word sorority came from the Latin word soror, which means sister. However, by this point, many women organizations had already been officially and legally incorporated and could not change their name. Today, many of the older sororities are referred to by that name, but may have the word fraternity in their official title. So very, very interesting. The development of sorority wife is really meant to be deeper and have deep political conversations and thoughts, which I didn't see at all in any of these films. <laughs> no, no, most movies do not represent that very well. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's the case for horror films and sororities, but that's okay. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the rituals and the traditions and see which films actually follow at what we write about in that article. So, Scotty, why don't you bring us in with our first one? All right. So the first film we are going to talk about is House on Sorority Row, released January 21st, uh, 1983. Seven sorority sisters throw a graduation party and play a prank that goes horribly wrong, ending up with a dead body. They panic and try to hide it. But someone witnessed the crime and begins to murder them one by one in this cult classic. 
Uh, yeah, this is definitely the whole 80s prank gone horribly wrong scenario that happens with the in so many Razzle Dazzle, uh, yes. you know, sisterhood and the code of silence that we take and they're all living in this big sorority house so if we look at the beginnings of sororities it it is following it you know we set up we see them hanging out they're just towards graduation they're all drinking in the attic they have the house mother who's supposed to be there to enforce some kind of traditional rules constantly throws boyfriends out of or guys out of the sorority house embarrasses the girls etc 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 so it's very much set up of what we would expect the sorority would be yeah um like this one though the sorority mother seems to be a bit over the top with like yes. slashing the girl's waterbed because she caught uh, her and her boyfriend having sex in the bed and like damaging other personal property and shit like that uh and then obviously the i think it was that girl herself that came up with the idea for the prank to pull on the sorority mother which uh yeah this is probably one of the more elaborate and yet cruel and fucked up pranks i've seen in a horror film yeah absolutely like she buys the gun which is real and then they go out to that really gross school by gunpoint and yeah anyway and that whole but the whole fiasco of covering it up um, is very much representative of the sorority sticks together. You're a family, yep. you know, she had it coming, right? Like it very much plays on that kind of Greek sisterhood. And even the party they have later on that night of like trying to be like, everything is fine. Like that's yeah. kind of part of the sorority too. As we read in the article, it was about having events and, you know, these big social things and it's it's just on the cusp of graduation and, you know, they're trying to, I guess, pass the reins down because these are the older sorority sisters and they're going to be passing it to the other ones that are going to take over. So the party, which is pretty elaborate with a band and everything else is, is kind of like that razzle dazzle on top of everything. Yeah. Cause you, cause this is like that graduation style party. And it seems like from what we've seen, at least in these movies, the graduation party sororities are way off the top and fucking just insane and lots and lots of people and the whole idea of trying to hide a body during the middle of all this in a swimming pool that obviously is going to get used because it's a freaking party like it's uh, foolish but at the same time like it, it it holds true to like what you were saying with like the sororities and like the sisterhood like the the level of the bond that they have being sisters and trying to protect one another, even if some of them do not agree with what's going on. Some of them basically get bullied into. They do. Staying like staying quiet. You know, it's really interesting, right? Cause we do see the character dynamic between all these girls. We see the ones that are not wanting to continue with it. And the ones that are fine with it, there's a main character. I know I'm kind of jumping around the names a little bit. I need to go back and, double check there's a there's there's vicky diane and Catherine, and then of course miss slater and vicky is the one that i believe is against everything if i recall correctly yes right so you know I, she's a great heroine you can tell that she's not okay with what's happening this is recreated in sorority row you have the same thing you have a character mm-hmm. in there as well that's kind of pushing back on everyone and I love the part where they're in the kitchen talking um, during the party and they're trying to like just <laughs> figure out how they're going to solve this. And like Vicky has that guy that she's on a blind date with that randomly like waters around the house and shit like that. Like the whole bringing a date to the party and the dudes, you know, fucking around in the pool that are probably from a fraternity. 
doing stupid shit. Like, you're right. It just really does represent what a fraternity sorority party would be. I even enjoy the part where they're pushing the dumpster down the street and they run into yes. the cop and they're trying to be like charming and shit to like get away with it. I thought that scene was absolutely hilarious. Um, the slashing of this is great too. Like there yeah. is like that slow slashing of all of the characters, whether it's underground in the pool, I guess like, I want to call it the pool house or whatever they're using the pipes to kind of put water into the pool. Yeah, I'd probably call that like a pool house. I guess we'll call it a pool house. You know, everything does come together quite nicely. Where I find this film loses it for me, and that's not really the sorority piece of it, it's in the last 15 minutes. Um, yeah. The slashing in the end and the clown outfit that the kid is wearing and like other shit, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But leading up to that, I do think the whole movie takes place at the sorority. You get the feeling of the sorority feeling of what is Vicky going to do past graduation, you know, the idea of the sisterhood and how you build these relationships for life. Though I do think sorority row flushed that out more, the impact of it. I do think that where this movie really shone was where it was filmed basically all in one location. Yeah. At the sorority. Yeah, it was at the house the whole time. Right. Yeah, like, uh, I do have to agree with what you were saying, though, like, about the last 15 minutes and the whole kind of wraparound story with the uh, house mother having this, like, uh, sickly baby that somehow has been living in the attic this whole entire time. Yeah, and, like, didn't get treatment properly, and she refused to get proper treatment for him, and, like, like that part of the story, like, I, it's fine. You know, I yeah. get it, and it's a classic. Definitely, you know, when it comes to a slasher, we're not critiquing it as a slasher. It's an right. excellent slasher film. We're just talking about the sorority impact in it, and how well it represented sorority life. So I would say it, it represented the overall scenery of sorority life and a couple of things of sorority life but now reading that article i wouldn't say that it went in depth we don't really see anything about hazing it's more of this relationship that's been developed between these girls and covering up this murder right because it like, seems that's like basically it yeah because it seems like the whole initiation hazing thing has already been completed and done because these are yeah. sisters that have been living together and are about ready to leave the house yeah yeah so good good movie just just not it's just i think it more or less takes place at the sorority house with a little bit of sorority shit in it but it doesn't focus on the sorority right that's exactly how i feel like it's not like not i think it's one of the uh, there's two on here that i feel focus more on the sorority part than this one did yeah yeah absolutely but cult classic absolutely a good slasher film just doesn't represent sororities as much as some other films did which we'll get into right now yeah uh, so yeah, the next film is The Initiation, which was released on De- in December 1984. Yeah, I couldn't find a specific date. Sorry, Scott. Oh, that's all right. Uh, an amnesic sorority member who has been plagued by a horrifying dream her entire life is stalked by a mysterious murderer in a deserted department store at night. Oh boy, this movie. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to feel about this one. Um, I think you like it more than I do, like from like what I was reading through our mm-hmm. messages. But like, I enjoyed it. I just think it, and yet again, if you know, to put it in a slasher, it was it was fine. There's not a lot of, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of blood. I didn't think in this movie was there. No, no, it was pretty blood. Like or any, right? So that's fine. I just yeah. thought from a sorority perspective, it just showed a different. It focused more on the hazing and becoming yes. a sorority sister, which I did value in the film. Yeah, and it ended up focusing more on the tasks they needed to do to be initiated mm-hmm. than the actual mm-hmm. hazing 
Like I, I feel this one like took the idea of the hazing and the initiation, but then they focused on what she had to go through to get there. Like it didn't yes. like focus on the sorority itself. It just focused on like that one small aspect of getting into the house. Yes, absolutely. Um, Kelly is a great main character in this for what she is, right? Obviously, yeah. she has some psychological issues. She comes from a family of means. Uh, her dad owns a big department store, which is probably why she got included into the sorority when they're rushing. Um, and they bring them down to like they're doing that chant and stuff. It's a little bit more traditional to the Greek stuff that we just talked about. Like yeah. that ceremony they do is is very much more traditional to the history of you know, the Greek ceremonies, the Christian ceremonies, the idea that you're being kind of inducted into a family. This film does outline that a little bit more. Um, the, the rushes or the recruits are all expected to sleep in one room. They talk about how they're started with 15 of them, but now it's only down to, I think, four or five of them. Um, and now it's leading up to this big prank. Everything is leading up to this big prank. So you do have like Kelly's psychological issues and trying to establish like, you know, like every 80s horror movie to show some random murder at the beginning. Yeah. And then it like flashes back to it throughout the entire fucking film. It reminded me of like Fall Break where you had to see that random murder at the beginning and then somehow it like ties into it throughout the film. Yeah, that is that is a very right. good comparison actually because yeah, that, right. that, it just felt so out of place. Right. But if we look yet again, what we're talking about is the, the fraternity or sorority stuff. And I think it followed that well. Everything is leading up to this big prank you know, her going home to get the keys from her dad so they could break into the department store, the main chick of the sorority house, like they have that big party and the sorority sisters go to it and who's going to be their date. And she ends up taking that TA and the one girl ends up taking that guy who's dressed as a big penis, which I think is fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, that guy's funny, actually. I did enjoy his personality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like that's a really good, like that party's a really good theme of it. And then you have the big prank night. So they go to the department store, they break in and they're trying to steal the security guards uniform yeah right and obviously things are amiss and people start dying and you don't really see well i'm glad you confirmed because i don't remember seeing any blood and the kills are predictable yeah, um simple predictable simple predictable not bad i think people's interaction is pretty valid i think you know you're not quite sure if kelly is involved with this or not and you're trying to figure out what her role is <laughs> and we'll 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 deviate a little bit from the sorority shit and you can probably talk about what you didn't like i'm assuming it's the ending yeah so i don't know if you want to share scott what your issues were with that all right so the whole ending is uh that Ke kelly's the main character right yeah kelly kelly uh finds out that she has a twin sister who basically was in a mental institution that escaped and this whole time it was leading it up to be like the red herring would have been the uh gardener that had the burned face that you thought was her fault it was her father but not her father yeah it was yeah like and they don't really yeah. explain that and you make they make you think he is the killer by the end and you're going oh wow he got killed really quickly and then you find out oh no she has a twin that's never been brought up this entire movie i know she suffers amnesia but she suffered amnesia from when she was a kid you figure at some point you would have found out you had a twin sister like yeah. growing up it the whole ending like just seemed so just dumb and cliched say, it, say your word bizarre <laughs> oh, okay bizarre yeah and how bizarre how bizarre <laughs> i think i would have much rather it been uh 
Kelly doing the killings and have just some random like twin sister out of nowhere just show up. Yeah, I agree with you. Like it could have been like she was so desperate to be in the sorority that like the thing is with both of these movies, like House on Sorority Row and The Initiation, the the sorority is like the the school bus that takes them through their destinations. But it's not really what the movie's based on. Right. Like in the house on Sorority Row, they're just at the sorority house and they do this murder and it's because they're friends. But you could argue that they could have just been friends renting a house. Right. And they covered it up. There's not much about the sorority. In this one here, there's a little more about the sorority. Like we do have some ceremony stuff, the party, the idea of the prank, um, but when we get into the department store, it all goes away. It becomes chopping mall. Like it becomes like a movie and not chopping mall in the sense like there's no robots and shit in it, but there's just a slasher. Replace robots with with the killer. And you get this really weird interaction where you find out the one girl was raped by her violin teacher. Yeah. And then she has sex with her boyfriend. Like there was just some random shit they added in this film that just made no sense towards the sorority stuff. And the whole time they're trying to set up that Kelly is schizophrenic and it's the killer. And then it turns out she has a twin and and that's fine like I honestly by that point I was like oh this is like a typical 80 movie that doesn't make any sense okay because there's 80 slashers that make sense like let's say the maniac and then there's 80 slashers like this movie or fall break which makes zero sense like why did the dad wait 20 years to get his revenge who fucking knows he waited that long you know like it's it's just there's certain things that make sense and certain things that don't but I do wish that both of these movies had discussed more of the sorority life now reading that article yes i think there could have been a lot more that they did with it i and i think yet again house on sorority war row awesome slasher i'm saying nothing criticizing the slasher i think the slashing part of it is great but if we're just looking at the sorority part of it which is what we do in the show is we take a theme and we explore it in the film i think the initiation did it better but i think that last fucking 20 minutes or 25 minutes in the department store just went out the window and it was like no longer about a sorority it was a slasher in a department store yeah because it like never ties back in at the end or anything like that it just kind of like just leaves that it, it's it was like basically... they watched chopping mall and intruder and went you know what we should just make a slasher right in a... <laughs> only not as good <laughs> Because they basically, what basically what they did is they use a sorority piece to set up just the department store. Yeah, it was a school bus to get there. Yeah. It basically went among a couple of stops of like, okay, here's some, you know, recruitment hazing stuff. Okay, here's a party. Okay, here's some stuff about hazing again. Here's some relationship stuff between the, like, the head of the sorority and the new girl coming in. All right, now they're at a shopping center. Oh my God, look at the chaos. And right. And fucking twist. It doesn't make any sense. Like, so and entertaining a movie enough i did enjoy it for what it was um i just think they could have done more with the sorority piece yeah i agree like that one i felt like they didn't really focus nearly as much as they could have neither one of them did but the next one did yes surprisingly enough Uh, so the next one is sorority row which was released on september 9th 2009 uh the remake to house on sorority row the students of a sorority tried to hide the death of one of their uh, house sisters, but are stalked by a serial killer. Um, this one, like we just hinted at, definitely focuses on the sisterhood and the whole setup of the sorority because it brings in the whole 
the house mother wa- basically watching over the kids. Rest in being, peace, Carrie Fisher. Yes, rest in peace. Uh, but brings in the house mother and like her duty of basically just being there watching the kids, making sure everything's mm-hmm. going well. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings in the whole uh, aspect of the sisterhood of, you know, all right, this happened. We got to stay together. They even recite lines from their sisterhood saying like, you know, we can't do this. Like, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We're sisters. We stick together. They had the graduation party. They had, they even brought in like the recruits with the girl that ends up dying's younger sister coming to become a part of the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it brought in a lot more of the aspects of the story. Well, and the main character, um, so is it Megan who, who is yeah. the, which one is the one that, no, Jessica is the one that plays kind of the bitchy. Yeah, because yeah. I think Megan's the one yeah. that, that, that dies, dies. Right, so Jessica does some great speeches about yes. sororityhood and sisterhood. They have that luncheon and she talks about the pillars, secrecy, solidarity, right? And I feel like now I'm not saying that this movie is a great movie. No. It's a typical 2000 slasher. No one, Scott and I are not like, oh man, so, so, sorority row, this shit is the bomb diggity when it comes <laughs> to slashers. Is it entertaining enough for a 2009 movie? Yes, it is. Yeah. Was it smart that they dropped it on September 9th, starting at the beginning of school? Fuck yeah, it was. Yeah. Good job on this movie for knowing when to release something. Um, but does it represent sororities? Absolutely. Even that opening party scene, you see the chicks like kind of being catty and bitchy to each other. And they do the whole rape roofie faking with the with the ex-boyfriend and the ex-boyfriend ends up taking it too far and a murder occurs of their sorority sister. So it's more emotional than the house mother that they didn't yes. fucking care for, right? And they frame one of their sorority sisters, but yet it's like, don't worry, we'll protect you. We're sisters, da, da, da. Like there's a lot of references to the sorority values. And even for Cassidy and her boyfriend, He's like, why are you still friends with these girls? All they care about is the sorority. The sorority life is horrible. And she's like, I know. Like, there's a lot more references to the sorority life in this film and the expectations of it than what any of the other movies we've come to this point. Yeah. I was like, because I think they even uh, focused on it was like, what was the bitchy girl's name? Uh, Jessica. Jessica. Like, uh, focused on her, like, in her relationship, like, with the with the boyfriend's family. Kyle. like, and yeah, yeah, Kyle. And what a perfect name for that dude too he was a oh kyle. yeah he totally he to, he was a total kyle right but like uh you know focused on like you know what are you going to do after you're done with the sorority and stuff like i actually brought up those questions as well like when well, you're done his with dad this was life. a senator right yeah so like he he like jessica so to give some some background here the murder happens in like september we'll say eight months later they've managed to get through the school year they're graduating So everyone's kind of at the end of their rope, the sorority sisters relationship. You can tell Cassidy, who's the one that wanted to go to the police, didn't because they were going to frame her because they wrapped up the dead girl in her jacket, um, is upset and is trying to kind of just get through the, get through the motions, but the sorority is everything and image is everything. Mm -hmm. So she's the only one that's dating a guy that's not in the fraternity, but Jessica and the other girl, I think it's Claire is dating two guys from a fraternity and the one guy so jessica's boyfriend who's kind of our main like villain anti-protagonist but not completely like not completely a villain like she's kind of she doesn't do all horrible things but she does a lot of horrible things yes and you do understand when the murder occurs and she says this will ruin our lives she was right it was gonna ruin their lives she was 100 percent right um so anyway she's with this kyle guy 
there's a scene where she goes out for dinner or lunch or something like that with Kyle's father and him. And he's like, I'm going in to be vice president. Are you a girl that you run hard with? Or are you a lifetime girl for my, my son? Because I don't want any surprises. I don't want any bad image. And that's reality of conversations that are had at that level. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, and it, whether I think that's right or not is irrelevant. It happens. And I thought they did a good job of showing like the sorority, the head sorority sister with the head fraternity guy, the expectations for how you're going to look the name that comes with being as part of a sorority, the idea of being a sisterhood and connection to, you know, the Greek life and all that kind of stuff and the status, this movie nailed it. Yeah, this one, like, literally covered, like, every aspect of the sorority life, except for, I think, the hazing part. Yeah, there really wasn't much hazing. It was focused on very briefly in the beginning. Yeah. Because you see the chicks being circled for where their fat is. Oh, that's and right. And yeah, Cassidy's the party. boyfriend brings it up later. Is like, what do you want to be part of these people who circle each other's fat and shame each other and, you know, shame these young girls coming into the sorority? Like, there was a lot of references to the sorority, the build up to the big party that happens at the end, the girl banging her boyfriend in the hot tub and him being a typical fraternity dick and like trying to sexually assault every girl that walked by him. Right. Um, the red herring where you think it's Ellie, which by the way is Rumor Willis. I'm not sure if you knew that. It's Bruce Willis' no, daughter. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So anyway, it was, and then of course you got the big house fire at the end and the standoff and it, the sorority mother comes back and says, I'm going to protect my girls no matter what. She gives them, you know, a gift and they kind of, some of them like it, some of them don't. It was very much representative. Not only did they use the sorority as a set piece, they continuously reminded you of the values of the sorority. Yes. And the importance of sisterhood. And even when that, like Megan's sister was a real bitch, the cleric chick was like, man, she would have made a great paid aside, right? Like it was <laughs> right. just, it was, it was really well played into the lines that were delivered, which they did steal from House on Sorority Row. There was some very funny lines that were delivered in that movie as well, too. But I found what Sorority Row did differently is that they tied it more closely back to the concept of sisterhood. Yeah, I'll say that was like the entire entire focus of this film. Like, obviously, the kills are, you know, the main attraction, but that is, like, the focus of the story in general. And the hottest people in the world were in this film. It was Mm -hmm. just, like, super hot smoking dudes, super hot smoking chicks. Like, I swear to God, like, in the opening scene, I'm like, no house party would look like that. Like, even at the, like, the hottest sorority, no way. No way. Would that be a thing? Bubbles all over the fucking place, fucking, like ridiculous but you know what it's a fantasy right they're taking oh, absolutely. sorority life and they're overly fantasizing it but honestly i enjoyed this film for what it was it was my yeah. second time watching it i liked it a lot more in a second watch i wish that it had no connection to being a remake of house on sorority row because i feel like house on sorority row is just such a well-liked movie that this movie doesn't have a shot in the dark But if you go into this movie knowing that it's really representing and talking about sorority life and kind of putting it under a microscope and exploring what happens with the relationships and go with some of the funny lines that Jessica says um, and some of the sarcastic shit she says, same with Cassidy, same with some of the other characters, um, there's some really good one-liners. Oh, there are. Like there's one scene where Megan, the girl who's died, little sister comes and she's like 18 and sleeps with Jessica's boyfriend. And they're having this fight and then 
I, for some reason, Megan's little sister thinks that her sister is alive and runs out of the room. And Jessica's like, oh no, stop, don't leave. And it's just so funny how she delivers a line because it's obviously very sarcastic. She doesn't like, care I- if anything happens to her. Like, it's just, there's some funny shit that happens. Well, I, I love that because yeah, she's like, oh no, stop, don't leave. Like, <laughs> yeah. Then her sister looks at, or one of her sisters looks at her. Well, I told her to be careful. <laughs> like, it is funny. Like, there's some shit, as much as like Jessica was a bitch, she was funny. Like, there was some shit she said that was funny. And, Honestly, I think if you haven't watched this movie, if you go into it knowing, you know, don't treat it as a remake on House of Sorority Hill, just treat it as like a fun little slasher from 2009 and you'll have a good time with it. Yep, I agree. I thought this was actually because this was the first time watched for me and yeah, I I enjoyed it for what it was. It's not like amazing, but it was yeah, it was a fun entertaining. Yeah. All right. Now, (laughs) speaking of entertaining. I'm sorry, Scott. I, I would like <laughs> to publicly apologize to Scott for selecting this film. Well, I honestly didn't think it would be this bad. I'll, Spoiler I'll, alert, it is. I will say, though, this is no killer prom, so you're forgiven. Thank you. But, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. All right. So the next film we're going to talk about, or the final film we're going to talk about, is The Row, released July 27th, 2018. A college freshman is forced to endure grueling hazing rituals while at the same time trying to evade a demented serial killer targeting her sorority sisters and her weirdly obsessed father <laughs> played by <laughs> randy Fortier. Yeah. oh my god are you are you talking to my daughter do you think you're funny i'm a police officer this I is am... how i deliver my lines throughout this entire film. like i had a feeling he was either from a like a mma fighter or boxer because he had oh. hardcore cauliflower ears yeah she he's well a very famous ufc yeah. fighter yeah i'll right? say as soon as like as soon as you said the name i'm right. like oh okay that's who it was because i recognize and his it. acting was just so good they must have spent all their budget on his delivery of his lines um there was a side actress in here called bex i don't know what the fuck this chick was doing in the movie she was the only one that had any acting chops um and she wasn't even that great but she was better than a lot of the other people in this <laughs> oh the acting in this was just so bad so bad so the summary of this is randy Couture's daughter riley um goes to a college and decides to pledge for a sorority uh you do see some sorority stuff in here you see the sorority sisters walking around the campus uh you know all kind of done up she goes to the sorority house and finds out how the pledging system works. They kind of put bags over their head in the middle of the night and bring them down and tell them that they've been selected as pledges and this will be their duties throughout the week that they have to perform and you know they have to go to this party and all this other shit. And there's a lot of like drinking at random parties and a lot of chicks in bikinis, but not real nudity. There's no titties. No. Everyone's just in their <laughs> bikinis running around. Um, some random dude sleeping with another chick because he's trying to sleep with all the girls. He's from a local fraternity and he's trying to sleep with all the girls <laughs> in that sorority. And anyway, so the main character eventually finds out that she's pledging for this sorority. And lo and behold, her mother used to be vice president of this sorority. So her mother died when she was seven and you know randy Couture for some reason or detective cole hasn't really told her anything about her mother yeah he kept it quiet though i will this is one part i will say though is uh, another aspect that they brought in that none of the other films have brought in and that was the whole uh previous uh bloodline of alumni 
Yes, like, they do talk about the alumni piece. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so Riley finds out and, you know, confronts her dad on it. And I guess she finds out that her mom was part of a very serious hazing incident that went wrong. So it does talk about how the hazing went too far. And this girl ended up killing herself from the hazing. So I do think it, it managed to go down that route of, and basically what really bothered me about the hazing recount was like, oh, it's just an innocent fun. We got her drugged up and we took her to the local fraternity and posed her in sexual pictures. I don't know why she got upset. I'm like, cause that's sexual harassment. That's why she right. got upset. Like that was the one thing in the film where I was like, this was made in 2018. There's no excuse for this shit. No. Like why wouldn't they just say, oh, we got her really drunk and the girls drew on her body at the for, at the sorority and we put it on YouTube, which would still be bad, still be bad. Um, but it doesn't have to be like, oh, we took her over to the local fraternity and the guys took turns posing with her. Like, right. I just feel like that was completely unnecessary for 2018. Like, yeah, it is. Uh, choose something else, guys. Choose something else. I'm trying to think of the word, but it's like uh, so blind of what's around them. Like, well, it's just like obviously this is like a completely offensive thing to do to somebody. Yeah, like there's other hazing things you could have been like, oh, we got her too drunk on tequila and she shit herself, and we told everyone about it, so she killed herself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could have done so many other things. Besides, in like nothing happened. It was all innocent. None of that sounds innocent. Like no, a drinking like, game that goes too far. I can't believe that's innocent. This other shit. Like, come on. No, this was cruelty at its finest. Sexual harassment. And, yes, <laughs> sexual <laughs> harassment, and it was a uh, malicious intent. And what I don't get is why use that example. You could have used anything else, movie. Yes. Anything else. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. It is what it is. So. I did value how the house was more realistic. The girls' interactions, because they all looked young. They all looked like, yeah. were like like 20, was a lot more accurate. The random ballet guy that exists randomly at all these parties. Yeah, like uh, I was going to say, like, I love how they, uh, spoiler, he's the killer. By but the way, I... everyone, the ballet guy, in case you decide to watch The Row, which is just an amazing film. It's the ballet guy. Yeah, because for some reason they just randomly threw him into these situations. Like I I don't understand that whole aspect. Like I understand well, like yeah. him wanting to get revenge for his sister or whatever that got the prank gone wrong on him or on her, but like so you become a ballet guy and stalk one girl in particular or stalk the house what's going on here and this is your plan okay well, whatever they, they, he was killing off all the other girls and then eventually wanted to kill riley because it was her mother that caused his sister yeah. to kill herself and here's the thing what i liked about this movie i will give it credit that it showed a realistic sorority parties it showed what they probably do look like not the overized yes. hollywood version of it um they showed hazing the circling of the fat the idea of taking pranks too far, the idea of like, but some of the scenes, like the house mother scene made zero sense in this. She walks into the office, like opens her book. This chick asks a couple of questions about her mom. And then she says she has lots of work to do and she gets up to leave. <laughs> right. She just sat down in her office five seconds ago. Um, I, I just feel like this movie, if it had better acting, better plot, better everything else, could have been made a really good film. Because on paper... It sounds great. A guy comes back and takes revenge on the murdering of his sister or his sister committing suicide because of a sorority prank gone bad. Right. That sounds good on paper, but this practical application of it was just not a yeah. good film, but it did try to include sorority stuff in it. 
Yeah, I was gonna say it had, like you said, a little more, little, little more realisticness to it with the sorority stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I felt way too hollow Hollywoodized pretty faces, but yes. that's just that's just the era we live in now. Yes, but uh, yeah, like this movie was just bad though with the story. Like it, they they had, like you said, they had a good idea and yeah, just didn't know how to flush it out. I just think they could have done better if they put money into it and not ha- hired Randy Couture. I have no idea. Maybe he was friends with someone who made the film and, you know, he's, this is his bucket list is to be in a movie. Randy, don't be in any more movies. Fuck, fuck sakes. Like, no, it's just not for you, dude. No. Like, no, like to be the controlling father that is like that asshole type father to like, you know, to any boyfriend that shows up and shit like that too it's just like oh god that stereotype well Wonderful. and it's just so close like he's obviously so close to the campus i don't even know why she's living on there at a sorority like it's just so fucking weird like it really really is and of course he never told her about it, her mom being a sorority and she died at seven and like right would anyway. you think that would have been a thing to be like hey you could especially if the- she's going to the same school like, like she's not gonna right? find out like right like I, hey I this kind of happened you i don't know if you'd want to be in this sorority but this, this is what happened here <laughs> like right i yeah but really, yeah the, the, the sorority, sorority row is, 2009 yeah. did sorority the best yeah and the rest of them are good like well this one wasn't that good <laughs> no. it, it showed some hazing stuff good and some other stuff but overall you know minus the last one entertaining movies i recommend checking them out they're fun um and you know learning a little bit more about the sorority lifestyle i'd be interested to see what other sorority movies come from from this or we get a fraternity one we did have the initiation or uh, is it the initiation the one with the cell phone or intimidation or what it was called that was about sororities kind of i it was yeah, a 2021 it, one yeah yeah i think it was just called initiation um so you know what it'll be interesting to see what other ones come after this uh if we see more sorority based or fraternity based films i think it'd be nice to see one where fraternity people are stalked or maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a sorority sister that's killing these guys off. Yeah, but uh, I was like, like what like, we saw with Black Christmas, I guess we could have done Black Christmas 2000 and, was it yep, 2019? Then, yeah, 2019? Yeah, 2019. Oh God, I'm glad you didn't make me sit through that again. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, I didn't, I didn't feel like that was, I thought that was low hanging fruit. I wanted to choose yeah. some other sorority movies that weren't as well known. Um, yeah, I mean, we could have also probably done a MFA. Yeah, we could have done MFA as well. Um, like there's a lot of other good ones out there. Like these were just like, Ones that we re- feel hadn't been talked about in quite some time. Like, and it was just a... Uh, and really based at the sorority. Like, the yeah. whole movie is based around, or at least it presents that it will be based around... Yeah, and really didn't involve... Because a lot of the other ones involve fraternities. This one really didn't involve frats, for the most part. Like, I mean... No, I just boyfriends and members, stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah. But, like, so yeah, the was, other ones involve that stuff. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I'm glad we did this. It was a fun little way to kind of do our our nightcap to starting in september yeah and exactly speaking of september scotty you'll be gone in september i'll be gone in september <laughs> i remember that song shit that was a long time ago <laughs> you throwing out the old school oh, shit, i think huh? i think it was uh i think it was you'll be gone till november you'll be gone by a switch the month yeah 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 i liked it that was awesome <laughs> so out of the dark uh scott's been really busy and because he was hosting this week i didn't talk to him about picking a topic and i think that the biggest topic that we have to talk about and we already talked about it already is scotty coming up to canada whoop, whoop. right which is looking like it's gonna happen um i'll believe it when i see it not because i don't think scott's reliable <laughs> because i have no idea how borders will go on a weekly basis let yeah. alone 
Um, yeah, in so, this new in this uh, world that we're in at this moment, it is hard to tell what's going to happen with the borders and constantly like the changing of rules and stuff throughout. At least yeah. here in the states, I don't know like if much has been changing over by you again, but no, the same is same old, same old. Um, you have to. And I told Scott, we wear masks up here, so he's going to have to bring a mask with him. He will be required yep. to wear it. Um, and, you know, we're making vaccines more mandatory in places. Um, a lot of places are saying that it needs to be done, so it's happening. Because uh, the reality is, if you're vaccinated, you're less likely to get sick. It doesn't mean you won't get sick. It's just you're less likely to. Exactly. But Scott and I have a lot of fun things planned. So one of the things that we have planned is we are going to go on a ghost tour of Hamilton. Yay. So Hamilton is where I live. And I wanted to take Scott on a ghost tour that would kind of be a little bit more historical because he kind of likes that stuff. So the one that I'm looking at is based in downtown Hamilton. And it talks about, um, well, there's two, there's Hamilton's dark history, and then there's downtown Hamilton. So this one here, traditional ghost walk 15 years in the making with some of the best ghost stories. Stops at landmarks like the Royal Connaught Hotel, Wright House, the Hamilton Place, St. Paul's Church, and the Gothic Piggott Building. Along with these colorful women ghosts and secret haunted gems, plus how the love of a caretaker defied death and proof that theaters are more than just haunted. Oh yeah, the Hamilton Place haunting. Mm. Um, and exploring the city in haunting and unique ways. So... We will be doing that. We will be walking around downtown Hamilton and doing that one. And then we will be going to Screamers Yay. Haunted House in Niagara Falls. So Screamers, also known as, sorry, Nightmare Fear Factory. And it's pretty scary. It's, uh, it's terrifying, actually. Over 1,066,284, because someone just chickened out now. The number just changed. People have chickened out and not finished this haunted house. Wow. Um, so I, I think if that says anything, so we'll lead a little bit about the legend. So this keeps coming up with the COVID. Yes, I know. They're going to yeah. be careful and we're not going to get sick. So this is the legend of Screamers. Abraham owned a coffin factory at the top of Clifton Hill in Niagara Falls, Canada. The story has it that the proprietor Abraham Mortimer Time dedicated every waking hour to surveying the progress of the coffins being built and success of his business. At night, he was tormented by young hooligans who taunted the eccentric old man. Abraham would chase the riffraff off of his, off from up to would chase the riffraff from their pranks and dares. And they would always laugh at his threats until one faithful night. Abraham confronted a rowdy group of thrill seekers in an assuring struggle, struggle, a stack of solid coffins overturned and Abraham was crushed to death. The guilty ran off and were never apprehended for their part in the gruesome murder. Soon after um, the funeral, more Amber, Abraham Mortimer's coffin was found unearthed and empty. To this day, it's said that he walks the hall for revenge of those who dare trespass on his beloved and now abandoned factory. So Hell yeah. lots of scared people on their website. So this should be interesting. I have never actually gone to scream to Nightmare Fruit Scream Factory, also known as Screamers, and I am scared. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a year-round one, isn't it? It is. It's open uh, 365 days a year, and it's a very, very popular attraction. So we'll see if I survive. I'm not worried about Scott. I know Scott will be fine. I don't know about yep. me. 
Yep. As long as there's no claustrophobic shit. Now like, there is, which you may not decide that you want to do. Yeah. That, well, we'll see how that goes. Like, because I can handle some, but. So Amber and my friends, Amber and Dave went through and there's a part where you have to crawl through a tunnel on your hands and knees and she didn't, would not do it. So, oh. um, yeah, which is right. fine with me. If you don't want to do that, it's okay. Yeah, we'll I, see. I'll, I'll be fine with chicken. You know, like I'll just walk in. And I'll be like nightmares because that's what you have to scream. That's the word. Is that nightmares? And then oh, they, okay. And they take you and you and they take you out. Um. Anyway, we'll see if these two bitches, being Scott and I, can make it through this fucking haunted house. Yeah. Um. And then we're going to be going to a drag show um, <laughs> as well, and there'll be lots of drinky drinks and yum 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 food and good times. Hopefully, we'll get Scotty a poutine. That's one yes. of the things he really wants. I want to try a true Canadian poutine instead of this Michigan-made crap that doesn't look anything like poutine. Well, you know what? You guys at least try. You know, it's true. You're at least trying, Scott, and that's all we can expect. This, this is very true, and right. I look forward to actually like hanging out with Christian. It's gonna be fun there as well. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go see Christian as well. Christian, don't forget, we're coming we're, for you. We're coming for you. Ha. Ah. Uh, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready for all this that is the smoke show. Yeah, you'll just see a big (laughs) cloud of smoke coming and you'll know it's the smoke show. Because where there's smoke, there is fire in his pants. (laughs) Because he has herpes. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So yeah, so we'll see. We got a couple of movies. I got to go watch Candyman. I got to go check out some good shit that's coming out to theaters. Pumped for that. I'll see it this week. Scotty already gave it a glowing review, so I'm sure it's decent. Um, And then we'll be back with a top five 70s. Uh, with our good friend Android from Android Vision. I yes. will be recording that next week. That will drop first on Patreon and then it will drop on our regular feed. And I don't remember what we're doing for our next episode, but it will be fun. Yes, I was like, because I don't think we actually planned what our next episode is yet. So no. we, we shall see. We will see. You know, Scott and I just like to, you know, we just like to live the wildlife. You know, I'm going to just kind of put this out here right now. Um, we could do something about uh, trying to see if we can find some movies about Canadian horror films or God. Uh, traveling to canada for horror films since that'll be uh what i will be doing soon i unmuted myself and i couldn't mute it (laughs) i unmuted myself i couldn't unmute it because my dog's doing a fucking tap dance stop it (laughs) stop it i think that's a good idea because there's that movie that came out last year that stop it go to bed see you can put this in the recording of me telling mickey to go to bed (laughs) anyway um so there's the one that came out last year, the one where they traveled through Canada to the United States. Do you remember that oh, yeah. one? Yeah. We could do that one. We'll have to see if there's any other ones that have to do with travel. Yeah, I'll say like, we, this is just kind of an idea to toss out there, but yeah, we'll have to do some research to see, but I think that'd be kind of an interesting take. Even if we find three films, you know, Scott and I are eventually going to get to the point where we don't talk about any films. Right. We just come in, talk about our week, and then we leave. The episodes are going to be <laughs> 13 minutes in length. It's going to be great. It's just, be my, just like time. my sex life. Yes. Well, 13 minutes, Scott. <laughs> Aren't you being a little generous now? I am. I am. It's one minute, really. <laughs> like, who needs 13 minutes, really? As long as everyone gets to where they need to get to in that short period of time. Come exactly. On That's Come all on you need. That's, That's all you need. That's all you need, right? None of this other <laughs> nonsense shenanigans. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a slice this summer, and I look forward to seeing what we do in the fall and what themes we think of on the fly and other random shit that we put together more than anything our trip i think that will be really fun yes to have I, am, I am definitely looking forward to it i think it'll be great will be it'll be good times good times hopefully, had by all hopefully i remember it <laughs> mm, 
<laughs> not really necessary is it really when you think about it like I'll, I'll make sure we have our video documentation and our video or our pictures that'll be enough to keep it memories <laughs> right like that's all that you really need i guess when it comes down to it is you know oh wow i did drink a lot oh wow we did leave screamers because we're chicken shits oh god oh, scott, wow. oh god scott went running through the fucking canadian uh hamilton area like butt naked oh boy we better get rid of this one yeah we know that we would put it on patreon that's <laughs> oh there we, we go yeah send it to Bo and like hey Bo, we got a money maker for you well pay per down bam right? <laughs> fuck only fans scott's gonna do patreon that's right for his own naked running around hamilton well scotty i look forward to recording our top 70 horror films uh with mr android vision Please check out all the awesome Legion podcast shows on the Legion Podcast Network. You can subscribe from any of the sources that you listen to podcasts from. So just head on over to the Legion page and go to subscribe and choose your podcast streaming service of choice. Also, a big welcome back to Kill the Cast, who released their episode recently. Uh, They're back with a vengeance. So please check them out as well. They're on the same feed as us. And anything else you have to add, Scotty? Uh, No, just, uh, you know, Make sure when you're doing your hazing rituals, treat everybody with respect and don't be assholes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But until next time, unpleasant dreams. See ya.